Welcome back to My Best Friend Thinks She's Buffy. I'm your host, Marley. And I'm your other host, Janna. And this is the penultimate episode <gasps> of season one. Oh my god, but you'd never guess <laughs> based on the content. I know, I, I was really expecting some plot, but here we are at episode 11, Out of Mind, Out of out Sight. Of sight. <laughs> Psych. Yeah. <laughs> Psych. No, it is. It's it's the episode right before the end. They're saving so much juicy stuff for saving episode 12. Best for last, yeah. I hope. Because <laughs> I really wanted to see the master. But, you know, they're they're doing it on purpose. Yes, they're, they are. They're holding, you know, anticipation. That's right. <laughs> That's right. They're not overdosing us on master. Yeah. They're underdosing us on master. <laughs> yeah. I can't wait to see him. <laughs> so... In the last episode, Nightmares, <gasps> it also wasn't really plotty. No. Um, it was quite similar, I guess. <laughs> yes, it was spiders and... Yeah, spooky shit. Yeah, very spooky, mm-hmm. very Demon of the Weeky. But the master was in Nightmares. Oh, yeah. He just was sort of a alternate reality version of... Master times. But he made his appearance. He did, yeah. Uh, he does not in this episode. This episode is really about ghosts. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Kind of. <laughs> or invisible people. It's sort of a psycho-thriller episode. It is, yeah. And it's about quantum physics also. It's about quantum <laughs> mechanics. <laughs> well, why don't you take us through the episode like your style? What's the sitch, Marmar? What's the sitch? What happened? Well, we open up. On bright spring fashions. <laughs> the, I'm glad this is kind of one of the first times they mentioned what time of year it is. Yeah. So we've brought ourselves back to like school year. It is springtime, yes. which I actually did deduce yeah, by looking did. at a calendar that it was April and this is May. Yeah, the May Queen. So uh-huh. May. Yep. So it's, um, I don't know what they're talking about. Is this like a spring formal? I mean, I feel like every month there's an opportunity to be king or queen or to Something. reign the school. Mm-hmm. So in America, I don't really get it. I didn't have that in school. Did you have kings and queens of no, the no. world? No, no kings and queens. We had, uh, I think in junior high, we had lots of dances. Uh, that was very popular. In the but it was all like equi. It was just in a school gym. Yeah, you weren't like handing out chocolates to get people to vote for you to be queen. No, I don't know what that is. Uh, American listeners, is this a real thing? Is this a movie thing? Is this a LA, thing? California thing? I don't know. But uh, it makes for great uh, Cordelia action. It makes for great stakes. It's true. And this episode was really about Cordelia. And I was, I, I know it's a kind of demon of the week sitch, but uh, it was a great Cordelia episode. Oh, yeah. Which was lovely because we really haven't had any real character development from her um, for the whole season. So this was her moment to shine. It was. And Charisma Carpenter is 
great. And she's just beautiful. She is. <laughs> she's so good. She's so good at being evil. Yeah. You even empathize. Well, maybe you don't. But I even empathize with her for five seconds. Yes. Yeah. yeah. But maybe just five seconds. That And that was it. Like, <laughs> just that little glimpse and then Audi. Yeah. Uh, so... Bobby runs into her when Cordelia is sort of with her gang, oh, yeah. uh, and all of her paraphernalia is <laughs> followed of her purse. She drops her mace. She has a mace. <laughs> she has, I wrote some stuff down, a cross. She has a stake. For the for the super weapon nerds, I believe that kind of mace is called a morning star. Yeah, is it the Morning Star? Yeah, sure. I feel like the Morning Star is the spiked ball. With with the chain? Yes. I mean, very um, uh, Witch King. Yes. You know. A Bagmar. Yeah. Yes. Uh. That's a Lord of the Rings joke for, well, it's not a joke, it's a fact. Yeah. <laughs> That's just a fact. <laughs> so she spills all of her medieval <laughs> artifacts out. <laughs> and it's very funny. Doesn't Cordelia reference the fact that Buffy's so weird and she's done stuff like this before? Yes. Um, which is kind of nice to hear them referencing, like, things that have happened. When she's walking <laughs> away with Mitch, the boyfriend mm. of the day. Yes. Who just made the varsity football team, which is why Cordelia gives him a second look. hmm Which is really funny that she, like, has these boys audition for her. It's great. It's great. Everybody's just vying for her attention. It doesn't matter. She's so powerful. Yeah. It, it Like, she really rules all the circles. She really is quite queenly. Yeah. Quite queenly. Quite an autocratic kind of ruler. Yeah. But her. um yeah, when she walks away with Mitch Arm and Arm, she's like, Did I ever tell you about that time she attacked me at the bronze? <laughs> Which is when Buffy is looking for the vampire mm-hmm. who is going to kill I think it's Willow. It's in yeah, it's, it's in like the early. opening. It's like the second episode, yeah. I believe. Yeah. Uh so it's kind of a nice throwback. Totally. And then we go to class. It, was this English class? I mean, she's quoting Shakespeare, yeah. Shylock's she, monologue about... It's it's Merchant of Venice. Yes. Uh, and she's doing the monologue. Miss Miller. Miss Miller. Is quite a good actor. Uh, she was great. Like, I was like, she must have some Shakespearean... Oh, yeah. You can't just say that shit if you're a... I wanted to be like, um, Miss Miller, did you have an acting career before you became a high school English teacher? Yeah. Because... She's great. Yeah. So she's, it's English class, I think, uh, and uh, she's quoting Shakespeare, and Cordelia <laughs> has her little <laughs> monologue. It's very funny. She's very convicted in her beliefs. Like, she's like, but what about me? And, like, people need to get over their shit, but what about me? <laughs> it's a very, I bring this up in this podcast a lot, but it's very, like, Satanist, actually, point of view, which is where you worship yourself. Um, and that's, you don't actually worship the devil in the Satanic uh, religion. You you worship yourself because that's what the devil does. And so you put yourself first. So It's like the ultimate individualistic yeah. sort of. But if you take care of yourself, you can take care of everyone else. Mm. But <laughs> I don't know if that's happening with Cordelia. I'm not sure. I think that there's some pretty toxic narcissism that oh, she yes. practices alongside her Satanism. <laughs> I mean, she's quite delusional, but it's yeah. amazing. Uh, but I think a lot of mm, people before they're fully mature are very self-involved. So oh, it's yeah. not unusual. She just speaks so eloquently about her self-involvement. Yeah. And is very unapologetic about it. It's no secret. Yeah. Cordelia is very open 
and public and about her love of self. <laughs> and it works for her. She yeah. obviously gets everything she wants, so truly does. And then we, the end of the kind of cold open is the Mitch in the locker room. Yes. So the Mitch, <laughs> like hunky, what is he, a football player or base? I think he's a baseball player. Oh, yeah. Or is he well, baseball? I, I thought it was football. Um, but he has a baseball bat. But he has bat. a baseball bat. So it must be varsity baseball. No. I mean, it doesn't matter. Apparently, apparently, you just have to have abs and oh yeah, and wear your little towel around your little around your little booty. And, <laughs> and I won't listen to what sport you play. I'll just Google your body like a perv. Google Mitch, <laughs> you milf <laughs> cougar. So um, he starts getting beat about the head with this this baseball bat. Um, I didn't know why, like because he really didn't do anything but be kind of a dick. Uh, and say he's going to get with Cordelia. And that's the the cold open is an invisible baseball bat attack in the locker room. Yes. Lots mm-hmm. of violence in the locker rooms, hey? Yeah, yeah. They really hellmouth up the vulnerability that the locker room already makes people feel. Yeah, because you're naked, you're alone. alone. Yeah. Yeah, there's lots of... It's creepy. People are coming and going. There's lots of badness that happens in the locker room. Yeah, locker room bad. Never go there is what I learned. So that's kind of the cold open. Then we go into Cordelia, like, campaigning to be the May Queen. And I was like, what is the May Queen? We talked about it, but I don't know. I guess everyone just gets to be the queen of some dance that they throw. I was hoping that Cordelia, when she—this is later in the episode— when she is giving her acceptance speech of the May Queen, (laughs) would, like, talk about what it is. But, yeah, I don't know. Well— the May Queen is some kind of a uh, folky something. Well, it's a Swedish, um, the like Haga. story. Well, like the Midsummer or Midsommar movie, that is the May Queen that Florence Pugh, you know, when she's wearing her heavy flower dress and has totally lost her mind, she is the May Queen. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, it is a traditional festival where a, a person is crowned a mm-hmm. May Queen. I don't know how that transforms when it enters a high school on the hellmouth. <laughs> but yeah, I feel like it's rooted in some kind of traditional celebration. Sure. Yeah, yeah sure. Okay. okay. But it, that doesn't matter to these people. No. Th- these people see it as a popularity contest. So that's what it is in this contest. And it's like context. what this sh- uh, episode is about because, you know, when when Cordelia is sort of doing her little campaign spiel, uh, Buffy's like sad and you can tell she's like, oh, I was popular and I chose not to be here. Uh, she's having like sad uh, FOMO to be popular. Yeah. Uh, and this is confounded in this episode because um, Xander and Willow are having like real best friend time in this episode, which is really funny. They are finishing each other's sentences. Yeah. <laughs> I know. And this is when they have like this weird inside joke. <laughs> story and willow is so funny she's laughing so hard you can't even understand what she's saying i wonder if that's just the actress like really having a great time it it sounds like there isn't actually even written dialogue i hear the word (laughs) antlers uh distinctly when i rewatch this episode and that's about it in their like giggle fest yeah it's so funny but, you know, it is very sad to be around people who are having a really fun inside joke time. And you're like, oh, I don't get it. 
Totally. And it does stress the fact that Buffy is new here still. Mm. This is just the end of her first year. Yeah. And she can't possibly have this decade-old friendship. That's right. But I really enjoyed Xander and Willow together. And it made me... It's weird. I don't know if I've thought this before, but it made me want them to get together because they're actually so fun and cute together. And they actually really like each other. And all they would have to do would be kiss and they could still have all the friendship, but it's maybe not how it works. Yeah. But I thought they would be very cute when I saw this. Oh, and they would be cute. Mm -hmm. They would totally be cute. Yeah. But I don't think they get together. But who knows? A lot can happen in high school. Mm -hmm. So then Buffy goes to investigate after interrogating the, like, dead child that's being wheeled out of the school. And, okay, what's this new principal's name? Principal Snyder. Snyder. Okay. So he's all up on it. He's like, no dead students this week. (laughs) Yeah, he's very aware of the track record of the school, I think. Yeah. He's trying real hard. Yeah. And in spite of his, I don't know, iron fist, his unshakable belief in discipline and detention (laughs) and whatever else, people are still getting beaten up in the locker room. Yeah. Yeah. And Buffy interrogates Mitch on the way out on his gurney. Yes, with his, you know, puffy, puffy makeup. I know. I was like, he really doesn't look that bad. Like, he doesn't need to go to the hospital. <laughs> I know. If someone was beaten, like you say, in the face with a, yeah, uh, yeah, the wounds don't necessarily pretty, fit the crime. Yeah, it's pretty shitty. <laughs> but, uh, you know, whatever. Uh, and Buffy goes to check out the locker room and then just finds the word look on yes, the locker. So. In red. What does it mean? We'll never know. <laughs> and then goes to report to the, the gang in the library. Yes. Oh, wait. They're not in the library. They're in the lunchroom. Oh, yeah. They're at the cafeteria. Yeah. Yeah. And Giles is eating with them, which is weird. Did you ever see a teacher in the lunchroom? No. No. In the cafeteria? And isn't it isn't it funny when they put when they take Giles out of the library, it does make you go like, huh? Yeah. What? Why are they hanging out with you? (laughs) But luckily, other characters in this episode are like, why do you hang out with that creepy librarian? So it does make some sense. They're, like, acknowledging it, but it is just funny. Like, teachers would just want a break and to be like, fuck off, children. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Not eating with them in the cafeteria. But anyways, Xander makes a funny joke and says, maybe it's a vampire bat. Uh, and I loved it. <laughs> and it's silence, and you can hear Buffy's eyes roll, yeah. basically. <laughs> it's very funny. I love Xander and his stupid jokes. You have a crush on Xander. I kind of do, yeah. he Nicholas Brennan is weird. I didn't find him very attractive, but then, like, my sister-in-law, Nicole, was like, Xander's very hot in the pack episode. And I was like, he is being hot. <laughs> <laughs> Being hot. He just like he looked, turned it on. He just like, is like doing the angel smolder. And now, I mean, I don't know if I really find he is maybe. Oh, maybe I would date him. I think you like <laughs> his clown side. I do, and it's because I'm married to a clown. You're married man. to a half clown. Yeah, one third clown. I would yeah. say. Yeah. <laughs> so I like them clowny. <laughs> <laughs> then. Buffy goes to investigate. They all get their assignments um, as they do for the mystery gang. Uh, You know, anytime there's a mystery, 
last episode they did the same thing. They had like mystery club. They're like, you go interview someone and you go look at this thing and you go research. Like yes. that's the tasks. Yeah. It's working for them, obviously. Yeah. So Buffy goes to investigate uh, the band room. Yes. Which is where... How did she know to go in there? Did she hear of some flute? Maybe she heard a flute. Uh, I think she did hear a flute. A little whisper of a flute in the hall and went in there and didn't really find anything, but knew something was happening. Yeah. Something's happening in Sunnydale High yeah. yet again. <laughs> and, okay, this next part, they all get back together, and then Xander is just carrying a skateboard again. <laughs> It's so stupid. <laughs> he never rides it. He doesn't know how. He just carries it around. If I ever get to go to a Nicholas Brendan meet and greet, which I have <gasps> tried to go to on a number of occasions, he rarely comes to Canada. Oh. Um, and because of COVID, I can't go. And when I was in America, I was never in the right city. And... Anyway, if I ever see him, I am going to ask him if he can skateboard. <laughs> can you really skateboard, Nicholas yeah, Brendan? Yeah, can you really ollie? And what did I write here? What? Huh? <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is what I wrote. Why is Cordelia and company trying on dresses at school <laughs> at nighttime? <laughs> With like a plastic mobile. Uh, yeah. What the fuck was that? It's I don't know. so. I was like, is that their decoration for the May dance? It must. It's very ugly. Yeah. Wouldn't isn't like spring dance just like florals so easy? Why are they making like a pinata <laughs> mobile? <laughs> no, that is so weird. It's so weird, and I was like, why would you ever? be there at nighttime with no teacher, like, just trying on your dress? Wouldn't you do that in your house? I of thought Cordelia course. lived in, like, a mansion. Like, maybe, are yeah, were they, is that the May Queen committee and they're, like, working at school late to plan the party? And making decorations? But that's me filling in a lot of blanks. Okay. For the, for my friend Joss Whedon. <laughs> like, <laughs> so Giles is doing his research task and then, um... Angel just shows up <gasps> in the library. Like a sphinx. Like a... Soundless. Like a vampire. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and he has no reflection in the glass that's over the restricted books. That's right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he casts no reflection. Yeah. It's cool. They're, like, really being, like, Angel's a vampire. <laughs> and Giles, he's not scared. I think he's into it. I, I was like, Giles is into Angel. And he's kind of, this this scene is really fantastic. Yeah. Giles, he gives a great, Anthony Stewart Head gives a great, but subtle, performance of kind of being a bit starstruck. A bit yeah. supernatural struck. But I also was like, does he kind of want to make out with him? <laughs> Angel's so hot. <laughs> Maybe. I read into it that he was also like, <laughs> he was dazzled. He was, yeah. yeah. And it was, yeah, it was really good little performance by yeah. <laughs> by Giles. Yeah. Uh, so they have their little duet. <laughs> Interesting how there's like this deep respect. We've seen it before, right? When when Giles gets excited about the master, mm. uh, about like, yeah, uh, he's, he's there's like, this respect. I feel like he thinks to conquer something, you have to truly understand and respect it. Yes. Which is really, I admire Giles. Yes. I think it's. Wonderful. <laughs> I love him. Uh, he mentions a couple books, the 
Tiberius Manifesto and something Codex. <laughs> yes, it's like a it's called like Papadum or like that's not it. That's that's a syllables that are that are wrong. But it's a <laughs> it's a bunch of P's that has been lost. The something Codex, which yeah. has a bunch of prophecies about slayers, slayer lore, yeah, something. Uh, and Angel's like. Oh, I got it. Don't worry about it. I have this book. <laughs> so, okay. <laughs> yeah, it's a bit convenient, isn't Yeah, it? it's pretty convenient, but that's cool. Uh, I mean, he has... Well, whatever. No, I'm not going to try and justify it. I think it's just a stupid thing, but... I think this early on, yeah. I can't wait for... Ugh, there's just so much. This is just season one. <laughs> but you're, you're, allowed, you're allowed to feel like it comes out of the blue. Yeah. You're allowed. You're allowed. thank you for allowing me um so then we actually see the dead girl um i didn't realize or not dead girl invisible girl at this point i wrote down dead girl because i thought she was dead yeah um and then i was kind of confused now that i reflect on it i know it's a flashback but at the time, I thought I thought um, she was dead and didn't know she was dead or was in the bathroom. Yeah, I didn't know what this, like, kind of scene was, this little cutout. I think that weird filter, that weird, like, mm. sort of Lark Instagram, it's Sepia like bleached, Sierra. Yeah. yeah, that bleached filter is meant to confuse you. Mm. Is it is it flashback or is it... I mean, either way, it's both Her flashback. being in, like, a ghostal form. State. yeah. <laughs> uh, so that's cool that it worked. It did, and I didn't... But I knew I recognized that actress. I know. She's she's so famous. Uh, except that she's kind of not famous. She's the perfect kind of famous. Yeah, she's the perfect kind. Um, like, where she's probably not being stalked every day by TMZ, but also has a fabulous resume, you know? Yeah. yeah. Uh, so I knew I recognized her, but she just looked really young. Uh, we'll talk about it in Prophecy. Let's do that. Uh so we're at the um, the cra- the crowning or the nominate. What is this in the courtyard? So she's been Nomina- Cordelia's. She's she accepts. I mean, she's petitioned or been elected May Queen. That's why she's giving out those weird chocolates. Okay, and so then the election process has happened somehow, <laughs> and then this is her accepting her. Uh, nomination or her crown, but it's not the coronation. No, it is not. Wow, it's it's very royal for the states, isn't for it? Sure. Very interesting for a place that really quite uh, the republic. Yeah, yes. quite detests the the royals um, in a lot of ways. Yes, uh, it's very interesting. <laughs> so yeah, she accepts and will be crowned May Queen at the bronze on Friday or something. Yeah, cuz schools hold their things in like the the local bar. Their I mean events. maybe maybe the students maybe this is the coronation or this is what the school is offering to provide for this event and then the kids just plan the party sure. outside. But yeah, I don't know how the steps work. It would be work. in the gym. Let's be <laughs> real. But they happen to have the bronze a Bar for children. Cafe, yeah. <laughs> yeah, this is where I wrote, I want Willow and Xander to get together because they're having a great time and they're laughing. And then Buffy goes on her own to, like, do more investigation. And this is when she finds the, the nest in the band room. Because does she hear the flute again? Yes. She hears the flute. And she goes up into the ceiling. Yes. And finds Marcy's 
futon and Marcy's yearbook and and like music and a teddy bear and a teddy bear yeah and her flute and then her yearbook and then the yearbook which Buffy opens to find her name Marcy Ross and then all the scrawlings of have a nice summer have a nice summer summer. (laughs) and then Buffy I will say Buffy survives what could have totally killed Buffy that floating knife oh yeah, I wrote, like, the floating knife is really funny because they, they have it floating, and then they just do a stupid camera trick where, like, the knife is just on the edge of the camera, and they're, like, floating it around. Uh, it's also a hilariously small, like, 1980s plastic steak knife. Yeah, I mean, it would hurt, but, I mean, I guess it could kill you if you yeah, really tried. Yeah, really meant it. Yeah. Why doesn't she kill her? Oh, because later she was like, I thought you'd understand. Yeah. You're an outcast, too. Yeah, you're an outcast, too, and you don't like Cordelia. Mm. Like, I'm not sure Marcy believes that Buffy is going to get in the way of this, killing Cordelia. Yeah. Because Cordelia has been terrible to Buffy. Mm-hmm. But this is an episode that shows us the responsibility of being a superhero, which is that you don't get to say who you save and who you don't save, Mm -hmm. which is a point of this episode. Even the most despicable humans, Cordelia, (laughs) deserve the Slayer's protection. Yes, absolutely. Because she's still a human being. Yeah. And so at this point, Marcy goes to murder Miss Miller with the bag. With a bag over in her In the head. classroom. Miss Miller with the bag in the, in classroom. the classroom. Marcy. Marcy. <laughs> <laughs> this is funny because the teacher is helping Cordelia with her homework. I mean, she's gone off the deep end, obviously. Yeah, she, she doesn't want anyone to pay any attention to Miss Miller. And we have the flashback that Miss mm. Miller never called on Marcy when yeah. in the classroom. Yeah. That's sad. It is sad. But Miss Miller doesn't die because Cordelia gets there in time. in time to take the bag off her head. So Miss Miller does not suffocate. Yeah. And and then um, Marcy writes, listen. On the board. On the board. Floating chalk Matilda style. Look. Listen. listen. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> uh, and then this is when Giles uh, busts out his quantum mechanical physics. He's like, uh, they're in the library, like, talking. He's like, oh, it is a mechanical, it is a physical problem. Like, <laughs> how does he figure out so fast that it's not a demon? I don't know. I mean, Buffy also talks about being bumped into. Mm. She was bumped into. She wasn't walked through like a ghost. Because so they this... know you can walk through ghosts. Yeah. And Giles very likely has spent his entire life... Since his daddy told him that his mommy was a watcher too and he was 10 or whatever Mm -hmm. Giles' family tree of watchers is like, (laughs) um, he's been studying this stuff. Mm -hmm. So I think that the the combination of the evidence that Buffy felt this, the actual body of this person, but just couldn't see them leads them down the road of invisibility versus ghost or poltergeist. Yeah. Giles does have like a Rolodex of ghouls in his brain. Yeah. And, I mean, in his library. And the logic of the magic that's possible mm-hmm. in this world. Yeah. Right now, Giles is sort of the only one who knows anything. It. Yeah. Anything, Buffy's really. Buffy's intuition and resourcefulness gets them a, a long way. Willow on the computer gets them information they probably wouldn't have. Xander's just there. Yeah. Xander's just there. Yeah. <laughs> 
But they they figure out it's like a not a demon, I guess, not mm-hmm. a, not a ghost. Uh, and Cordelia comes into the library, and it's very funny. This is a great little scene. Yeah, as Giles is like, I've never seen you in here before. <laughs> She's like, No, I. Why would you're I losers come in here? Yeah. <laughs> But she's like, you have to help me, yeah. puppy. You know you're weird, and but I also know that you're strong. <laughs> yeah, it's very honest <laughs> to Cordelia's worldview. Yeah, she was like, I was kind of hoping you were in a gang. Yeah. <laughs> I know because of all of the weapons. Yeah. Oh, that Morningstar gang. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> of little white girls. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Who look just like you, Cordelia. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they, like, show her Marcy's yearbook. Um, And then they all figure out, like, they all... Well, not... Buffy didn't know her. I guess this was before she joined the school. Mm -hmm. But they all had had classes with this girl and signed her yearbook and literally remembered nothing about her. And Xander and Willow are complicit. Yeah. In the, you know, gradual invisibleness of this person because they had, like, three or four classes with Marcy. Mm Mm-hmm. They signed her yearbook. Yeah. Then we hear the flute. It's like a Lord of the Rings, like, and it's like pan pipering them to all the different locations. Well, they've made their plan. Yeah. Like, they've made their plan. They're going to use Cordelia as bait mm-hmm. at the May Queen celebrations at the Bronze, yeah. where Buffy's going to go with Cordelia, and Giles and Xander and Willow are going to go to find Marcy's lair. And they feel confident because Giles is with them and they have their their plan. But then they're lured down to the basement by like a a little boom box playing some flute. A recording. <laughs> yeah, that's very smart. This yeah. invisible lady, very smart. Well, she's fine on their meeting. Mm-hmm. And it was stupid of them to have a meeting in a big open room. Yeah, they should have gone into a small room. Invisible people. And they should have touched all the walls and touched all the corners. <laughs> Done like like they should have gone into the smallest room possible to talk. That would be very funny. <laughs> yeah, that was stupid. <laughs> it was, and they paid for it by being gassed in the basement. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Which is that would be a horrific way to die for like, sure. Suffocating slowly, and I feel like by passing out they would get brain damage from passing out. From well, I think eventually, yeah. Mm-hmm. They would. But I don't think they pass out for long before Angel saves them because he smelt the gas and he was there to return the book to Giles. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and and before he shows up, they're, like, trying to get out and Giles does, like, a Home Alone. Like, he grabs the gas yeah. thing and is like, no! Like, yeah. It's exactly like Home Alone when Joe Pesci grabs the <laughs> door handle. <laughs> it is very dramatic. Yeah. It's, These knob grabs. It, it's very dramatic. And then, like... <laughs> not being able to escape it's excellent i love angel as the deus ex machina in this episode he's like i have the book the codex and also broke you out of i think we might be building some trust again Mm. with angel easy just takes one episode yes (laughs) but um great job angel saves the day uh and and they're all like well you're okay for a vampire yeah Mm. oh this is where like buffy is Uh, Oh, my God. This is horrific. Like, Buffy goes to, like, uh, find the nest and go in there. And then she smashes through the ceiling and, like, smashes a table. And then Marcy, like, 
um, picks up this fucking syringe and like syringes her. And then ties them both to queen and queen chairs in the bronze. In the bronze. How did she get the bodies over there? No idea. <laughs> no idea. So she has to like drug them both, get them over there and tie them up. Yeah. And Buffy and Cordelia would not be invisible bodies. No. No. So I don't know how they get over there, but they do. And there's a sign on the bronze that says closed for fumigation. <laughs> Another fumigation Another one. Party. So, I mean, it's very believable. Everyone would be like, oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, Not being going to be disturbed today. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, and this is scary shit. Like, she ties them up and then there's just a surgical table and she's going to fucking cut Cordelia's face up. Yes. It's very, like, saw- like, she's like, I'm going to pay, you're going to pay for what you did to me. Yes, and I'm going to make you, you're used to being looked at, and you're used to being unforgettable, and I'm going to keep you that way, but mm-hmm. just different. Yeah. By by giving you my plastic surgery lesson and <laughs> cutting your face up. <laughs> yeah, scary. Yeah. And she, like, numbed her face so she'd be awake and, like, feel it. Ugh. Uh, and then she really does, like, a Joker thing. She's like, let's put a smile on that yes. face. <laughs> yes. I feel like that's Joss Whedon being like, and here you are. That was, yeah, yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Um, a very Joker-esque little Very villain. diabolical. Yeah. Yeah. Chaotic. <laughs> For sure. And then there's a great ghost fight. Yes. Great ghost fight. I was like, oh, is Sarah Michelle Gellar... I was trying to really, it was happening very quickly, but she was doing some really great, like, acting, like, punch act. She's like, bah! like, throwing herself across the room. It was, she's super physical. Yeah, it was excellent. Yeah, she's, I think she's really wonderful. I think it's a surprise to a lot of people how well suited for this role this very young woman ended up being. Yeah. And, yeah, she really commits to it. She can handle the physical choreography. Yeah. Like, she she sells it. It's really good. So this ghost fight, which is very... That's a really hard thing to sell and to make look good. Like, you're not just flailing around. For sure. But Buffy kind of, like, escapes and has, like, a great ghost fight. She also tells Cordelia to shut up, which everybody <laughs> loves. And Cordelia's just like, uh, uh, Okay. Uh. And Cordelia is useless. I was kind of waiting for her to do anything. She sure doesn't. No, she's the damsel. <laughs> Ultimate. Yeah. Damsel. Ultimate damsel needs to be saved. Yeah. Um, And the part that saves Buffy is uh, Marcy, like, runs into, like, a sheet and becomes, like, a, a ghost. <laughs> and she just gets to punch her in the head. Because <laughs> it's a real human under that ghost sheet. That's right. <laughs> That's right. It's very funny. And then the FBI comes in. <laughs> Those creepy men in black who've been hanging out and lurking throughout yeah. the episode. Yeah, like they were at Cordelia's uh, acceptance speech. They were also at the very beginning, close to the beginning of the episode, uh, just in the schoolyard. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah, creepy. Mm-hmm. Okay, so the FBI has interest in people who become invisible Mm -hmm. because of their uh, outcast from society. (laughs) Yes, and they're going to go to school for assassination (laughs) and (laughs) infiltration. Chapter four. I mean, this is really the first time we've had, like, any um, police force uh, involved Mm -hmm. at all. Mm -hmm. And Buffy's like, you're really creepy. And they're like, say nothing. (laughs) Have a nice day. (laughs) 
Yeah. So weird. Um, the FBI has uh, awareness and interest in supernatural happenings. Absolutely. So they must be very aware of Sunnydale. I think some, yeah. And I think in many ways that's actually why you don't see a lot of police. Mm. Because there is this understanding that it is massive and people knowing about it isn't what they want. Mm -hmm. Like you do, you know, he says you would do well to forget this and uh, we can't tell you anything else. And it's we're going to rehabilitate her and there's no information. Yeah. So, yeah, not acknowledging that there are magical things happening and demons around is going to be the tact used by, I would say, the government. But, like, how does the Slayer interact with the police? We will see. Also, this is a thing that Joss Whedon and the show engage with. Mm-hmm. It's like the existence of cops and law enforcement and, and also other forms of justice, quote, mm. unquote. These institutions that are created to dole out justice, yeah. they will engage with this question. But yeah, it's has not really happened very much until this point. And everyone's like, hi, Marcy. Like, she fits right in. Yeah. Also, like, it's sort of a happy ending for Marcy. It is. <laughs> She's going to go murder a cult leader. Yeah. <laughs> kind of cool. So... The prophecy section, which is where we sometimes talk about research, quote-unquote. Sometimes, yeah. Uh, So I just did a little quick Google of that actress who played Marcy Ross uh, because I recognized her. Mm -hmm. And I wasn't – what I really recognized her from recently was Broad City. Mm -hmm. So she plays like a love interest of Abby in Broad City. But I didn't even remember her name. Her name is Clea Duvall. Uh, and she's been in tons of shit. Yes. She's been in. I just took a smattering uh, as we were looking at the IMDb. Uh, the Handmaid's Tale. <gasps> Veep. Uh, the Grudge. Yes, SMG. Yeah. <laughs> Girl Interrupted. And She's All That. So she's been in lots of stuff. And all the way back to the 90s. Yeah. She's All That is right around this time. Yeah. So she was acting from when she was a, a teen. Yeah. She's maybe a child actress, really. But Yeah, probably. But been acting all the way till now. And I think she directs, too. So she's really, really cool. Cool. And She does a great job with that horrifying little giggle. Oh, yeah. She's great. Um, You can tell she's just a good actress, even from when she's really young. Yeah. So excellent work, excellent famous Thank people you very much, in the Marcy. show. Yes. Clea Duval. Uh, Clea is also a very cute name. It is. So that's uh, the end of my prophecy. Any other research? No. Oh, great. No, I don't have any research. I mean, I do have some research, but I actually want to argue with you about how I'm pretty sure the Master is based on Dracula. Oh, cool. But that's not really for this episode. Oh. I was going to do it at the end of this episode where I'm going to prepare you for the season oh, finale. okay. So perhaps I'll wait. Okay, we'll do it at the end. Okay. Uh, but what we should do is some assembly required. required. Where we talk about fashion in the episode. And in this case, spring fashion. Spring fashion. Lots of Cordelia. Lots of lovely Buffy fashions in this episode. So we'll start off at the top. Cordelia (laughs) is wearing a two-piece mint. It's like, I don't know, it's like jersey or cotton or something. uh, Oh, like ribbed, like a cotton ribbed. Yeah two-piece outfit with like a long sleeve and then a little skirt yeah i would wear this i love this color it's one of my favorite colors it's like a sea foam yeah 
not mint, but sea foam. It, yeah. You're not in the closet with us, but it's like the color of these um this blanket yeah, there's I have. Only, yeah, it feels like Marley <laughs> only has like a few. Well, there's a pattern behind you, but you only really have a few colors of sheets. And they're all Cordelia. Cordelia would wear it all. Yeah, like a sagey. Yeah, yeah, I love it. Um, So it looks great. And then she's got this white pump on, but like a, with a chunk heel. Yeah. Uh, it's just so funny. It's no. very Jackie Kennedy to oh, me. Yes. And she looks like, because she's got dark hair. She's the first lady of fucking Sunnydale. Yeah. Like, that's really what this episode is about. And her fashion is so preppy. Yes. Yeah. Classic. Mm Mm-hmm. While also, like, Cordelia can go sexy, and she's a sex bomb. Oh, yeah. But in this episode, as she is campaigning for May Queen, it's Jackie Kennedy. Yes. Classy. Yeah. First lady fashion. Absolutely. Willow, you know, you... (laughs) Pointed to it too. It has a, a Scooby Doo T-shirt on. Yay! The Scoobies are coming out. <laughs> I still can't really call them the Scoobies because they've never called themselves that in this show. No. So sure, <laughs> <laughs> but it is funny and very juvenile. Like it looks like a pajama shirt you would wear. Yeah. But it's also a funny, like, foreshadow of Sarah Michelle Gellar being in Scooby Doo with her hub with hubby. Freddie Prince Jr. Uh, but it's very stupid. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, oh, yeah, Harmony. Yes, Harmony. Okay, Harmony. Also, Oh, yeah, we that forgot name? that she gets pushed down the stairs. Oh, yeah. Well, so, yeah, you can't she... talk about everything. No, we And can't. Harmony, who cares about her? But yeah. she has, for, for a while, I thought it was green hair clip in. <laughs> In her ponytail, I thought it was like a green. I was like, "Ew, what the fuck?" <laughs> no. But it's like this scarf. Oh no! But it just looks so ugly. It's like this like l- lime neon green hair scarf. Yeah, yeah. Harmony's fashion is. I think it's really gross. It is, although she's got the really classic like two strands, like middle part, and then two strands of hair pulled out. Uh, which I did all the time. So oh, yeah. that took me Frame back. Frame the face. Yeah. Frame it. Frame and, it. And like like um, blonde highlight. Like those yeah. are like the highlight pieces. So, I mean, that's great. <laughs> and then Buffy has on like a cherry skirt. Yes. So it's calling back to that cherry dress, which we've seen her have a few times. Yes. It's very cute. It's very baby spice, like oh, cherry print. I haven't seen that not a thing right now. Um, and then later, I think this really completes the outfit. She puts on, it's just for a second, she puts on this like burgundy velvet like duster coat. Yeah. And I love it. I love a duster. I wear just like long cardigans and dusters every day. <laughs> so I would wear it. I think it's also suede. Suede, velvet, something. It's something. like It's like, I don't know. Sometimes they put on these like fluffy materials yeah. in the show, but it's great. Yeah. Um, but it is, burgundy is like a weird color to have with like pink, but yeah, I think it works for her. Yeah. They put a lot of burgundy on SMG. I think she likes it. Yeah. Uh, and then the next outfit is like iconic. I have to find a screenshot of these like little round sunglasses Buffy has on. Oh, yeah. It's, she looks, I don't know. She almost looks like a weird secretary from like the six, it's kind of Mad Men and her yeah. hair is, like, in this little twisty bun, and she's got her blue, like, the SMG also does this blue thing yes, all the time. baby blue. So she's got 
like a, I don't know if it's like, I don't know what her jacket is, but underneath she's got like this baby blue long sleeve thing, which is wild. It's got like a V and then it's like. Um, open at the belly button. Open, but at like the sternum it starts. Yeah. And it's like open. It's like a, it's a sexy blouse. It's so weird. <laughs> I've <laughs> never seen someone wear that in real life. Yeah, I know. It's it's very it's very strange. I'm, but it's a sexy blouse. It's sexy, but it's just like not a real piece of clothing. <laughs> I've never seen someone wear that. It's fashion. It is fashion. <laughs> it is a fashion someone's worn. And she's got a little um like scarf. Cravat. It's like a it looks like the choker, like 90s choker, and it's tied in the back, which is very weird. Yeah. It's also a very weird choice. I don't know. I think sometimes they try and do, like, funky things on the show with, like, accessorizing. They're like, oh, this will be a cool way to wear a scarf. It's so fresh. <laughs> but sometimes it's just really weird. Like, yeah. Yeah. I see. It, I see what you're saying all the time. I just, <laughs> I just think also, like, it's America. It's California. It's 1990s. Yeah. And I'm like, I – maybe this trend just never got – as north as we are. Maybe. Like, there's part of their fashion which is, I don't know, I'm not sure, ugh, I'm not sure I really know anything about what they're wearing sometimes because I'm like, yeah, it does feel like in Edmonton, I can't wear my little scarf around my neck because I, I would just feel like I'm taking myself way too seriously. <laughs> but in California, in at Sunnydale High, it feels like you you have to to get ahead. You have to take fashion risks. It's true. Uh, and there are risks. There are. <laughs> <laughs> I maybe buy this scarf. Well, I don't know. It's pretty weird. It looks like it would get real stinky if you had a fight in it. Or if you had any kind of sweat yeah. in it, it looks just like a stinky, a stinky rag. Yeah. Yeah. One nah. one and done. One fight and yeah. throw it out. I'm going to give that a thumbs down. Uh, but she has like metallic plum eyeshadow. Yeah. it's. I was like, I want metallic plum eyeshadow. That was inspiring yeah. <laughs> to me this episode. <laughs> so thank you, SMG. That's a thumbs up. Thumbs up. And then she also has, Buffy always has like, all this jewelry. Yeah. Like, chunky rings. Like, huge, fake, yeah. jeweled rings. And, like, all these earrings, which are, I love, but in a fight, they would just get ripped out of your head. Yes. So fast. <laughs> and I don't know how all these chunky rings she can fight, but, I mean, she looks great. Oh, yeah. It's sort of like Buffy goes to a fight, like, with her brass knuckles on because she's always got these rings. And not one hair out of place after the fight. No. That's Slayer Magic. That I will attribute to Slayer Magic. Okay, great. Yeah. Slayer Magic. <laughs> and when Cordelia comes to ask for help in the library, she's got, like, this little... Gold, yeah, it's like a number. It's like a canary yellow, yeah, yeah. Uh, pattern. It's kind of metallicy, like a lovely kind of high neckline, sleeveless. It's also sort of sixties, yeah, and it's a matching set again. Yeah, it's beautiful. Yeah, and you can really see her womanly shape in oh, this. Yeah. In this, I kind of am like think she's a little older than high school. Yeah. Like she is the actress is, but she reads. I was like, she got booty. Oh, yeah. I feel like she looks a little old for high school in this outfit. Yeah. She's a goddess yeah. among, among them I all. I mean, she's yeah. amazingly beautiful. <laughs> and then the last outfit I had written in here is the end Cordelia again. Uh, I think this is my favorite. I think I would wear this 
is like a sheer black mm-hmm. top with like these almost like embroidered flowers, like reds and pinks. And it's lovely. It reminds me of the dress that Halle Berry wore when she won the Oscar. And it's sort of like like a mesh, like a really, really small mm. mesh top with like flowers yeah. covering like her breasts. Oh, yeah. And, Beautiful. Yeah. Like this isn't that, but it reminds me of a really similar, it's sexy but classy somehow. Sheer things yeah. were very, like yeah. in. They're coming back. I see a lot of sheer shit. Oh, yeah. I got to say. I love it. I would, I want, I'm going to look for this sheer shirt. Sheer shit. Sheer shit. Sheer shit. <laughs> <laughs> And so for Bewitched, Bothered and Bewildered, I just want to um, give a shout out to Miss Miller. She is really the first person of color that's had an actual significant yeah. chunk on an episode. And an affecting role. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and she's wonderful. So yeah. like shout out. Uh, I'm just going to look up what her name is, this actress, real quick, because I just want to I just want to call attention that uh, it's episode Ten, and this is really the first yeah, person I feel like of it's color. Episode eleven. Wait, is it? I think we're. On oh, wait, episode... this is episode eleven. <laughs> uh, so ep- eleven episodes for a person of color to really have a part. Yeah, a visible person. <laughs> yeah, a visible person of color. Yeah, for sure. totally. So, um, and she was wonderful, and she is clearly like a Shakespearean actress. So I'm just gonna look up her name right now. Okay. So, Miss Miller was played by Denise Dows, and her star sign is Pisces. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she's really grounded. Uh, she was in Ray, the real Ray Charles movie. Oh, cool. She was in Requiem for a Dream. Oh, cool. So, she was in a lot of shit. She's obviously... Oh, I she bet she's a, on the, been she, on the stage. Yeah, she has an amazing filmography. So, go and look her up. Uh, shout out to Denise Dows. Yeah, it really fucked me up when Marcy, Marcy went to kill her. I was like, no, you don't get to kill Miss Miller. I know, she's great. Yeah. But I am sorry she didn't call in her for class. But Well, and you know what? Miss Miller would be beating herself up. Totally. If she knew that Marcy felt that way. Yeah. Yeah, this episode is really interesting when it comes to bullying. And when it, when it comes to, it's about neglect mm-hmm. in a big way. It's not a psychological thriller in that we learn a lot about Marcy's state of mind. We just learn that she was neglected, she became invisible, and then she lost her mind and started to kill everybody. (laughs) But we do learn that Buffy's loneliness as Slayer and as New Girl, she can relate to Cordelia's loneliness amongst all the people, which I'm like, I am sorry, bitch, but I don't care about your problems. (laughs) That's not where I have it. I have empathy when, when Cordelia is getting her face cut up. Yes. And I have some empathy because I've seen the full show and I've seen Angel. So I know, I know, I know that this isn't the end. We, we, we don't, we get to know Cordelia a lot better. Oh, I'm sure. So I can't tell what kind of empathy I have for Cordelia in this episode without really thinking about her whole arc. What it's trying to establish is the morality of Buffy's role as a vampire slayer, which is not to pick and choose who you save. Mm -hmm. Just like she can't pick and choose who she fights. That she has to stick up for a person even if she hates their guts and even if they deserve to be punished. Like, I think that Cordelia does deserve to be punished. In many ways, this is a fantasy for people who are victims of bullying to kind of get to vicariously live through Marcy for a bit until mm-hmm. it goes off the deep end. Yeah. 
and we get to watch a mean girl like reap what she sows. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, when Harmony gets pushed down the stairs, I'm like, fuck you. When yeah. when Mitch gets beaten with the bat, I'm like, fuck you too. Like there's a part of me totally. that is like, yeah. I like this villain <laughs> for a time, for a time. Yeah, I did too. Uh, well, I didn't know why they were doing what they were doing. Yeah. But but their victims were hard to empathize with. Yeah, yeah. totally. So you're like, great. Yeah. Oh, Buffy, up. don't rush on figuring this one out. Don't rush. Yeah. So I don't know if that belongs in Bewitched, Bothered, and Bewildered, but I do think it's – I think that it's – it walks that fine line of uh, – I, I think everyone would have their own interpretation and their own – feelings about how much they side with Cordelia, how much they side with Marcy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah for sure. Do you have a favorite line? I have lots, which is interesting because I didn't find – I was like, oh, my God, for an episode where a girl turns invisible, she gets recruited by the FBI, we have, uh, like, a number of different victims we must go through. We're supposed to interpret Buffy's weird loneliness. We have this weird visitation from Angel. It's like a lot of shit went down, and yet, and yet, it felt like it's not one of my favorite episodes. I love the show to the moon and back. If I was sent to Mars tomorrow, I would be bringing my DVDs with me. Like it's (laughs) like it's important. The show's so important to me, and and this episode, I'm like, well, yeah, it's well, nothing really happened. Yeah, and maybe out of high school, it doesn't, it, it, and and who I am now, it doesn't ring the same. It doesn't ring as being super memorable or super true for me anymore. But yeah, but there's some great lines, <laughs> like when Angel comes uh, to and like like surprises Giles, and he says, "Don't worry, I'm not here to eat." Like it's just so cheesy, <laughs> but it's so good because it's so Angel's character. He's a cheese ball. Yeah, he, he's not used to talking to people, and when he does. It's so cheesy. It is. Yeah. <laughs> and then in the same scene when Giles says, vampire in love with the slayer, poetic, in a maudlin sort of way. Maudlin. <laughs> I also thought that was very funny in Giles. <laughs> yeah. And I definitely don't even know what that word means still, but I, I get the gist. It's like it's like ironic and also sad. Like melancholy yeah. is kind of what I think. Um. And I really like the first line of Cordelia's acceptance speech, <laughs> which is being popular is not just a right. Oh, it's not just my right, but a responsibility. Yeah. <laughs> I wrote that one down, too. Like, Cordelia was so funny in this episode. <laughs> in another context, like, she's right. If you have a lot of power. With great power. Comes great responsibility, bitch. Mm-hmm. She just made it awful and about her again. But, like. She's and she doesn't use her her responsibility well. It's just no. funny because what she says is true. <laughs> <laughs> it's so great. I wrote down it's a Cordelia. You think I'm never lonely because I'm so cute and popular. I <laughs> know. <laughs> so cute and popular. <laughs> yeah. That was very funny. And you said my other ones. Uh being this popular is not just my right, it's my responsibility. <laughs> I know, it's so good. But yeah, Principal Snyder introducing her with like to that podium in the middle of the courtyard and yeah, it's very stupid. Yeah. But um nevertheless, uh we are one step closer to the season finale. Yes. So I just wanted to say to everyone listening, I am going to prepare a trivia. 
I just want you all to know this in case you've done your rewatch of season one and you wanted to do another rewatch so that you can answer questions at home. I don't know how it's going to work yet, but I'm going to quiz Marley on all of the things that I think she should know. (laughs) (laughs) I must know. And we're going to watch her, I'm sure, be very successful and I'm sure fail, fail, which I can't wait. (laughs) That'll be our season one wrap-up episode. Um, And I also just wanted to let you know that I started rereading Dracula by Bram Stoker because so much of this lore is rooted in the vampire lore that Bram Stoker is drawing from in his book mm-hmm. from the Victorian era. And, uh, yeah, and and I'm only, like, 100 pages in, and already there's so much of it that I was just like, holy shit, the master is Dracula. Mm-hmm. Not only, like, yeah, they don't call him Dracula, they call him the master, but guess what they call Dracula throughout this entire book? Master? Master? Yes. Oh, I didn't know. I haven't read that since university, so it's it's been a minute. It's wild. Mm. And even just the motivations that Dracula has, how he's so selective about who he kills, it's just good. So we're going to, I'm going to, we're going to unpack that. Also, because we're talking about prophecy, the next episode is called Prophecy Girl. Ooh. Um... So there's there's this destined there's this like she's Buffy is destined to meet the master, just like in Dracula. There is sort of this this pull, yeah, this otherworldly fated meeting of Mina and and Dracula in this case. Mm. Mina is nothing like Buffy, but the trope, what you expect, they're messing with it. Like that's mm. why a genre is so important. Is because it teaches you, you learn what to expect so that when someone breaks it effectively, it is surprising and it is amazing cool. and revolutionary. So that's what they're doing with this show. I believe in a lot of ways, this season is about sort of the, the, the vampire genre. They're going to unpack that, play with it in this final episode, like they have been this whole season. I'm really excited. With Dracula himself, with the master himself. I'm very excited to see Buffy and the master yes. fight because they have to. Yeah, they have to. And I know I'm not the first person to to think about this, but it's it's important, I feel like, for fans, it's important to, like, read all the fan fiction you want, get involved, do whatever you want as a fan. I don't care. But also just... Read the source material yourself, mm-hmm. like like reading what other people think about it, what other people write about it, what other people have studied about it is all good. But I don't know. Read Dracula yourself the and text. decide for yourself. Yeah. Yes. How how you think they align. It's also a fantastic book. I'm sure it's going to get boring at some point because it's fucking long. It's really long. <laughs> but at the beginning of this book, I just want to read you this forward that Bram Stoker writes. It's very funny. It's like a sentence. Um, But it's super funny, I think. A note on the text, Molly. A note. Okay, I just want to read this. (laughs) So, Dracula by Bram Stoker. To my dear friend, Homie Bag. How these papers have been placed in sequence will be made manifest in the reading of them. All needless matters have been eliminated, so that a history almost at variance with the possibilities of latter-day belief may stand forth as simple fact. Just love that he's saying... That there's nothing needless in this book. Nothing Amazing. at all. Everything yeah, is intentionally nothing. put. I'm so, sure it is. 
You're you're just you're being very academic. Yeah. With your study of Buffy. Well, and I realized that that is something that I've been in love with about this show since the beginning. I'm was really obsessed with vampires before this came up. Mm-hmm. Uh, they they are very scary to me. The idea that someone like sucks your blood and then you have to eat their blood like it it feels like a sexual assault like when people are afraid of being sexually assaulted or being raped because they're afraid of the experience they may have to do not just the thing that happens to them but the how they're going to be forced to participate in something is Mm -hmm. so terrifying not only that but the fact that a demon enters your body and has your memories and can fuck with your family and like there's just the psychological terror of a vampire I believe is very affecting, which is why these creatures proliferate our the movies that we love, yeah, our culture, our pop culture, mm-hmm. because they're so they're very important to also examining, you know, human nature. So, yeah, I, I totally am going academic and it's really, really fun. I think people should totally read this book. Very Giles. Yeah. It's also a whole opening on Victorian women Amazing. and like the thoughts of the day. Mm-hmm. And the way he believes he is transgressing that sexual repression, essentially, of Victorian women and the way that vampires liberate women. Oh, it's just so great. Amazing. So well, we're going to take that all into the next episode, the yes. finale. I'm very excited. Oh, I could But I'll break the microphone. I would. I have a powerful scream. I sure do. (laughs) Okay, everyone. Okay, we love you and thank you for joining us this far. And join us for the season finale next week. Yes, and uh, we'll be posting some shots on the gram so follow us on instagram email us my best friend thinks she's buffy at gmail.com my best friend thinks she's buffy on the gram yes and we'll see you next, next time Arg-ger? Ger. Arg. Arg.